Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Ace of Geeks podcast, where we're discussing our experiences at New World Magiscola. If you like this podcast or if you want to support it, please go leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found us. Um, and if you want to support this podcast in a slightly more monetarily fashion, uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks where you get access to 180,000 audiobooks and your first one's free. audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. We are wizards, we are crewmen, we are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good We are DMs, we are players We are hardened undead slayers Elven archers roam the enchanted wood We all pretend to be something So why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on Keep it up and we can rule the world Whatever you love is not wrong There's power in your phantom Keep strong, nerd on I've seen... It really, it's like... It, I, I really hesitated to use the words as good as Avatar The Last Airbender, but it really is. It's completely different, well, but it's... I, I kind of prefer it. Mainly because Avatar... I mean, season... Like, the original run of Avatar uh, is still top quality. Korra just... So the thing I had for fear had a first one and the pacing. Well, the pacing was just. Pacing I thought was, it needed to be twice excellent. as long. It needed well, to be twice as long. Yeah, Cora. They needed to know from the start exactly how many seasons they were going to get. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the first season of Cora, they des- they designed to be a mini series that wrapped everything up at the end, and then they got two more seasons, and they were like, ah, crap. <laughs> so the other thing about Hannibal is that. After last Airbender had some really high episodes and some really Whoa. shitty episodes. Yeah. Cora was Secret at least, tunnel. Yeah, Cora was at least like at least like pretty uh, didn't go that bad. Like there was nothing as bad as you know the Great Divide. Weak, there were just weak right. points. Right, right. Was weak at, yeah, there were weak points. Yes, but it wasn't as bad. But it never was as good. Yeah. I, I just thought some of the villains were weak in general. Like the, the second season plot and the fourth season plot, and Kabira especially at the end, you could have done so much more with that character. Okay, first off, I'm glad. I watched the last season and a half. So I'm going to recommend everybody circle around this mic. So well, more importantly, guys, more importantly, I'm glad we, we just did this. Do an audio because it means we're already recording. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he does this. You keep I do doing this, this mic. I do this because the right. conversations are always so interesting when we sit down and start <laughs> yeah, so talking, the, and then like an hour later, we're like, oh, we should record. The important thing here is though, it looks like we're all on the same page on pop culture things, which means that we can should be on the same page for recording this and have great observations. Yes. Thanks for having me back on the show again, Mike. You're welcome. All right. So since everyone knows we're recording now, why don't we go around and introduce themselves? Hi. Hey everybody, you know me. My name's Mike. I'm the host of the Ace of Geeks podcast. Go! Uh, I'm Hannah. I am a person. <laughs> a person! <laughs> I, I, was, I wound up in the same uh, club as Mike's character and same house, and we got along great, and he seems pretty cool. Thank you. 
Hi, uh, I'm James D'Amato. I'm host of the One Shot Podcast, and uh, I was playing a member of House Calisela this weekend. I saved the world. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> My name's Erin Pierce. Uh, I have never been on a podcast, so this is new to me. Um, and I played a first year with Mike, and first years were the best. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, we were. We totally did. We did. Um, we hi, did. I'm Lang, also known as The Wife, and um, <laughs> I was playing a first year astromancer who literally saved the world. Yes, so. uh, for saving right. the world. Also my favorite first year group. Yes, you we, guys. we were Scooby-Doo. We will talk we'll more talk about, about this. We'll talk about more, yeah, yeah. Peter introduce himself. So, so this one time I was interrupting Peter when he was trying to introduce himself. Yep. <laughs> once once again, nobody does that again. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Should I yeah. get in on this too? Okay. So once again, thanks for having back on the show. I'm Peter Stenson. I run sfbaylarp.com. I was a guest on the previous small podcast about diversity in LARP. It was awesome. Yay. So and and I played a professor in the, at the game. And I had Mike as a student, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he critiqued my wand for holding form. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm Andrew Wren. I played a first year, got sorted into House Dubois, and like many of these other fine folks, saved the world. Uh, just so everyone knows, because I didn't introduce my, my character at the beginning, I played a first year cryptozoologist, and I saved the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so works. before we go too deep into uh, discussion, because oh, I know some of you just hit play on iTunes, and didn't read the description. This episode, we are all players in a game called New World Magiscola. If you flip back two or three episodes, we interviewed the creators, uh, Ben and Mari, um, and they talked about uh, what was coming up uh, in our particular game. Now we have all played the game. We have thoughts to share. However, if you are playing in a future game of New World Magiscola, while your experience will be entirely different from ours, some of the things you may hear here today could still be considered spoilers. Go spoiler away. alert! You have been warned. There is one major spoiler coming up. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This is your moment. Turn off the podcast. But don't please actually turn off the podcast. We need listeners. Okay, go, Peter. All right, so Mike, in the previous podcast with uh, Ben and Mari, where you were talking about New Matterscola, mm -hmm. you brought up the, how excited you were about the entire prospect of the plot about the missing professors. <laughs> Which I never touched. <laughs> More importantly, though, this was a, a plot that happened partially because of your comments on Facebook and only to this specific run. <gasps> yes! So, during the... Uh, during the lead up to the game, the various faculty were posting our, our critiques online, talking about how, who we were, a little backstory, are you new to the school, have you been teaching for a long time? There was a trend of us having, I'm a new professor, I'm a new professor, I'm a new professor. And they were all saying things like, um, I know you're all expecting to hear from Professor So-and-so, but they won't be at the school this year, we can't really talk about why. Like, there were four of those in a row, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. the end result was, looking at Mike's response on Facebook to that of Which that. I said the amount of missing professors is too damn high. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the other professors for week two, and we made a plot line out of this. That's awesome. So, and this is only for week two, because in New World Magiscola, the players are given a great deal of leeway of how they interpret mm -hmm. their characters. Mm -hmm. uh, the professors were told, you've been teaching for X amount of years. If you wanted to, you could have been a new professor. You could have been 200 years old. You could have been 20 years old, and you just graduated, and you're just here. There, there was a lot of flexibility and leeway given. So it just was coincidence that Mike was in the run, where coincidentally, a bunch of uh, professors decided, it'll be cool to be the new one. That gives you a different fresh things on, fresh start. It means you don't have 
have to have already known all the third years and have you know like to make the rapport well and also like as an actual teacher whenever you are the new teacher coming in especially if you're teaching a third world or third year class that gives <laughs> sorry different thing that gives yeah. the um players a chance to be like what do you have to offer you right. know and yeah. like so they aren't like oh we've heard about you yeah. we know all of that stuff so the way that they like built character connections and allowed us not to be like, oh my god, we have to read every single sentence of the 170-page world document. Although I did. <laughs> no, that's what I loved about this game is as a new LARPer, I have been intimidated looking at other world documents online, and this one was just like, I think I looked at it like for 10 minutes once or twice, uh, and you were fine. You did yeah. great. I, yeah. 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 I wrote the uh, four-page sub, like the yeah, six-page six that ended up being at the end, summary of the whole thing, because Mike was complaining about it. That's another thing you did. The entire Here's something game... we've all learned today, folks. Everything Peter did was because of me. <laughs> <laughs> and Honest... it didn't matter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, you encouraged me because I'm the sort of person who I saw the world document and I'm sort of the target audience. Oh my god, lore! This is amazing! But That's I... what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> yes, but the game had to be accessible to people who weren't. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after hearing and realizing, oh right, other people think differently than me. <laughs> I went ahead and when I had the time, because I was supposed to have it done before week one, but uh, wrote the time for week two, here's a summary of the world, here's a summary of the setting, here's it, all the things that are really important from there that you really probably should know, like who were like who is the wizard equivalent of Hitler, and you know, and make sure you have this information and made it accessible. I hope it helps players. I'm uh, definitely- A lot of people were talking yeah. about well, how it helped. Another, uh, just yes. another really cool thing was, uh, like even if you didn't read the world doc, or if you did read the world document, there were still gaps for a lot of yeah. just Player. improvisation, like figuring out more stuff about the world. Cause it was not like all encompassing. This is literally yep. everything about this world. There was lots of leeway for us to make up new stuff. Okay. And we were and totally encouraged to. And, and that kind of came out in some of the classes as well. In the uh, magical theory class, there was this mm -hmm. whole idea of the arrogance principle where belief is a huge component of magic. So you can have two wizards who are trying to achieve the same effect, but they go about it in completely different ways, even contradictory ways, but it still works. We don't know why it works, but it does because they believe in it, theoretically. Yeah, I, I do love how the, they incorporated that sort of improvisational world building into the way their system worked. I, I, I read their system reference player handbook document, which was fascinating. Like coming from tabletop role playing, uh, the mechanic in this game is empathy. Yeah. Really, yeah, it really like is. that it is, is you, you are as a player encouraged to check for consent. You're encouraged to check in with people uh, if they appear to be in emotional distress or not. And most of the time, especially a new LARPer, if you're emoting, like if you've got these plot lines bubbling up inside you, like the only way to get that out is for uh, somebody to come over and go, hey, what's going on yeah. with you? And you go, I've got this whole thing that's about to happen. I need your help. And it's fascinating and amazing how well that worked out. And also, it was another cool thing that negotiations didn't have to be this arduous process. It was just kind of like, okay, um, and for the visual, it's not a visual audience, medium. What we did is we had an out of character symbol, so we also had a lot of things that could end the scene to kind of open up negotiations or take care of someone. Um, you know, hard stops, soft stops, or like, 
hey, let's negotiate this for a bit. Or check in, check-ins, which were so great. The because every time somebody wonderful. was solving in the hallway, somebody would just would always st- you see somebody stop by and make sure they're okay. Yeah. You make the okay sign, and they would respond if they were if they were totally crying because their character is sad, but they as a player are having fun, make a quick little subtle thumbs up, and you would realize, okay, I don't need, this isn't a real problem. They're having fun pretending to be sad because some people enjoy those dramatic moments. Actually, like, normally I am, because uh, the kind of LARPs that we run, we run our salon LARPs, are very, like, usually, uh, like, kind of goofy. Like, I, you know, it's like sword fights on an uh, air, airship, pirate ship, or, like, um, alien negotiations for the fate of the world and stuff like that. And so I'm normally like, oh, I'm not um, really excited about plot that's going to drag things out of me. But there was stuff in this game, like, I'll, I'll give a specific example. The um, We were in um, uh, House Dan Obea, which is the uh, social house. justice house. Yes, Birdhouse is best house. It is. Um, uh, <laughs> house. Um, Bear House is best house. Uh, Indeed, guys. Uh, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most subtle I would wear. The Coyote House like House. The Coyote House You didn't hear it, but the mic dropped when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, oh, our has nothing to offer. Yeah, <laughs> awkward turtle is awkward. Awkward turtle <laughs> is awkward. Um, but we had our initiation ceremony, which was we all sat in this giant circle in the room, and um, uh, Harrison, who's playing this character named Hamilton, who was the house president, uh, led us in this. And he was great. Um, he was so good. Uh, led us in this um, thing where we all sat and we had drunk this potion, which was water with green food coloring. But they made a big <laughs> showing of it. Um, it that felt was so intense. It really me. did. That like it was like you know it felt like uh, it was supposed to be some sort of like mild hallucinogenic, basically. And then we all. <laughs> sat and closed their eyes and breathed through this meditation exercise and talked about what our spirit animal was and everybody around the circle had the most like intense like personal experiences they shared like um the character uh i think his name was eric was playing jasper who was allergic to color he had um, (laughs) his character was allergic to color and he dreamed of a beautiful colorful field and a blue sky and a butterfly that landed on his finger because it accepted him and I was we were all just like okay we're gonna go sob together now (laughs) (laughs) like it was just there was the point that I was making anyway with that long ass story was the, the there was so much in the game that allowed me as a player to open up and be vulnerable and be able to like cry and deal with all these emotions and stuff that was this LARP felt almost like a therapy exercise. <laughs> so it really in, did. in the debriefing, uh, the house ghost for uh, Dan Obey was ta- said, so I was talking to the other people in the other house and they were telling me about these really intense rituals where like, they summoned ghosts and all that. Dan Obey sat in a circle and cried. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about our feelings. the bear house they are all about strength and loyalty and, and so really creepy chance neither of you were expecting to be in that house yes it was we our did. fourth pick out of five wow yes. but, oh my gosh once we were in that house we so felt like they called us baby cubs and oh. they were the um pick, they were the big bears and I, they i, I actually so protective the, the day after i was leaving a classroom and i had left my hat and one of the one of the house members called out to me, "Baby Bear." As I was leaving, just, yes, yes. I turned around without even thinking. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh, yeah. So my character was a professor, so I wasn't in a, in a house. But my character's backstory was I had been a student, so therefore I had been in a house, and I chose the one that made most sense for my character. That I had been a bear, Maison Dubois, 
always just. Always just. We are loud, always loud. <laughs> um, but the big thing was is that I made a point as a professor to go ahead and give presents to some, to, I loved that. Uh, to some of my presents. So the best one went to you, actually. Yes. Because uh, I went ahead and gave, and, and gave uh, the quill I bought. Before the game started, we ordered, I ordered a quill in the house colors. It's actually, you know, it's got the pen on it. Yeah, yeah. You can draw on it. <laughs> but I realized later, wait, my character wouldn't use this. Like, not that he's not ashamed of his house or made a point of being slightly, but not too much apparently, because uh, even despite having four uh, four professors who had allegiance to that house, you guys <laughs> still were like behind house points so much. Well, I just I just want to say just yeah, yeah that's that's always just. birdhouse best house birdhouse, birdhouse. Best Best house. We oh, actually, they actually won in the previous run too. Damn, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> but well, we, gave, we did I, jump by 120 points. You no, damn right, you did. Oh, we we, did we were responsible for a lot of those. Oh yeah. Yes. So I gave. So I'm deciding. My character is. I gave because I want to be protective of my fellow bears because symbols of that house. I enjoyed what they meant. The idea of, of protection of strength. And so you got. And I'm. I'm. I, I, you're keeping that quill because okay. it is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you. no, I de- I, I'm not going to ever use it in my real life, and I don't need the clutter. But more importantly, it made your game experience awesome, and this was a game culture about that. Yes. This was a game culture where people were saying, hey, do you need wands? I made extra wands. I'll bring extra wands. Where people were, you know, bringing props for each other, making things. This game really encouraged a sense of community, not just through the yes, houses in game, does. but Absolutely. completely, you know, aside from things. Just, uh, just after three days with people, I feel so much closer to, some, to all the people here than Seriously. I have for people I've known for months. And Seriously, years. like yeah. I, I was saying earlier in the debrief, because okay, so just to tell you guys what we're talking about, the um, game organizers to start the LARP, they gave us um, like almost a full day of workshops on how to play in the system, how to like uh, do consent-based role play, how to do em- empathy and stuff like that, and then for the end of the game, they gave, they spent an hour with us, like helping us disconnect from our character so that we wouldn't get home and be sad. Um, we were we were, we were these characters. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. it's dealing with bleed. I'm going to explain the concept yeah. for, for, for all of you back home. The idea is that sometimes when you're playing an intense emotional game like this, a game where you're encouraged to be, to be expressive of your emotions, to connect, parts of that character's emotional state can bleed over into you. If your character got angry at someone, that anger might linger on in you. Mm-hmm. And this can be a problem. We've had, we had you know, many players, because they were new to the style of gameplay, I mean, who haven't played in this type of game before, I had to deal with the fact of, oh my god, I mean, this is such an emotional rush, and it leaked over into them. For a second, for you, your sadness over tragedy becomes a real tra- sadness that you have to deal with and you find a way to express. Like a character died and it oh. felt like someone died. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Croton was actually my last choice. Like, I wrote on it that it was my last choice. So, we had been told, you know, you would not get your last choice. And so when I sat up there and I did that, like, I was in character, but then I could, like, physically feel the disappointment and I was just like, okay, okay, gotta check in, gotta check in, okay. Yeah. Get out, get out, get out. Okay. It's, it's like such an important thing that really they set that up through organization because yeah. there's bleed in Settlers of Catan. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, 
And, and in a game you steal my sheet, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I've in a game like this, out of that game. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's there's so much intense emotion, even in positive moments. In, yeah. in moments yes. where I felt like I'm I'm being happy and I'm I'm trusting these people around me. It, like you you can feel it, and that debrief at the end where they ritualistically backed you out of your yeah. character. They had you acknowledge things that that aren't a part of you and let them go. And you know that that's uh, something that some people uh, might find hokey, but it it can help people. And certainly, it's a lot of things for this because this was my first LARP experience uh, ever. Okay. I played vampire once and I'm had so a sorry. terrible time. Oh, yeah. look, you met my... the club. Right. Yeah. So it's okay. I, Peter likes vampire. We've talked I about it on the show before. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's 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 certainly like it's it's for people. And it, like LARP was a thing that I always sort of believed. Like that's probably not going to be for me. But uh, because of a couple friends that I've made, I decided to give Magiscola a shot. And like there are a lot of things. Like I didn't expect to feel any real connection to my house or, or the people that I would met. I knew that I would be compelled by the stories and some of the acting. But I ended up walking away from the experience really immersing myself much deeper. And I, I think that debrief at the end sort of helped put a button on that and helped uh, put it in a perspective that it's going to be a lot more easy for me to sort through when I get home and start thinking about this experience. Leaving today felt a lot like actually leaving like college for the summer. Really right. Like yeah. everybody yeah. was like, it was only been summer here, camp. we've only been here for three <laughs> days, but like everybody like at checkout just now was just like hugging and crying and like, we'll stay in touch, I promise, and I'll see you next year. And like it was, it's just, it was so interesting. I was saying this in the, in the debrief because none of this was real but yeah. the connections we made yes. were the emotions yeah. we felt were real yeah, yeah. and yeah. this is one of the things that about this game was it took a lot from the Nordic tradition uh, a lot of the American tradition of LARPs come evolved from Dungeons and Dragons yes mm-hmm. a lot of these evolved from or you know objective based role play about well, games where you know you have stats you have things a lot of the Norse LARP evolved from other traditions other storytelling traditions and you have games where you will have strict you will have more of a decision to say instead of let's go pretend to be you know be the fantasy adventure for four hours, and roll some dice, and or or you know, or use foam sword to hit each other four hours, then go home and do math in our head when we're swinging swords at each other, which I don't understand how people do. Uh, <laughs> practice. Uh, the big thing there is saying, okay, let's examine this, let's think about this. There are LARP conferences in Europe. I'm yeah. probably going to one later this year, uh, but where they discuss things, they have papers, and most of these are written in English because if you're talking about all of Europe. What's the one language almost all Europeans are able to speak and read? English. So all of you at home, there's a lot of wonderful scholarship and discussion and thought where they think about these things. Because a lot of American fantasy games and a lot of American vampire-type horror games, they don't think about these things. They've been playing the games the way they have for 20 years. They haven't stopped to say, can we change it? Can we make a difference? New Old Magic Scholar said, let's look what Europe's doing. We have to adapt some to American audiences because there's some bits that fly in Europe that can't work in America. But at the same time, a lot. I think this was a great place, stepping stone in between the extreme elements that European garbs can go to, but still adding the ritual elements, the ability to say, let's step back and design a game that meets what we're trying to do instead of trying to shoehorn something that's kind of D&D-ish. So the lead-in, the workshops, and then the debrief reminded me a lot of a... Uh, I, I teach at a Catholic school, and mm-hmm. so we do this thing called Kairos, which is God's oh, yeah. time, and yeah. it's like discovering yourself. And I was just like, 
oh my god, I'm on Kairos for geeks. (laughs) You know, because it is very much like an introspective and like you have to get to that place. Especially since people were crying, I'm like, oh my god, it is Kairos. (laughs) So if you get a chance, even if you do not believe in like the Catholic tradition, like Kairos feels very much like this, but it's for you as a person. And so like I think with the Nordic traditions, what they're doing is they're actually talking about the psychology of society. Yeah. yeah. And like, how can we actually investigate methods to become a better society? Like, that's what I felt like this game absolutely. was. Absolutely. I hadn't I, thought about that, but you're absolutely right. And they chose the Harry Potter is. fantasy to do that because yeah. it's, it's this beautiful, magical world yeah. that, that, you know, a lot of people grew up with wanting. And yeah. if you look really closely at going back to the Harry Potter sort of thing, that is a bad society, a flawed society. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, the, well, we see, touched on that with the unsoiled and the mundane. Yes. We had yeah. different uh, class structures us, in our game. They gave yes. us villains to overcome, though. Like, if yeah. you... Yeah. Yeah. Those, those votes at lunch, it's like... Hey, we, we went to the faculty and we were like, hey, we want students to be able to date teachers because, uh, you know, we're adults and, and we understand consent and we we can control these power dynamics. And then we were like, hey, we want these metasapiens to be recognized as full people. And, like, off screen, all those petitions went in and those came back to us. And I, I kind of think, like, there was no way it wasn't going to come back as a positive yeah. in no. many of those situations. Except the teacher one I know was close. Okay, so <laughs> going back, this, first off, there's the out-of-game the out thing for the teacher one was we needed to make sure that players, like, who came with their spouses, like you do lovely folks here, yeah. if one of those spouses was a professor, we wanted to make sure that you ooh, ruined your guy's game if yeah. you were a teacher. Mike was a student, mm-hmm. and you uh-huh. weren't allowed to actually dance with Mike or date them or be romantic towards them for the game. Yeah, I might have, I might have deducted house points from any girl who danced with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but because of that, there was the awkward thing of it is a horrible, violate, ethical violation. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So actually, like yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they passed that, I was like. Yes. Yeah. So, but I understand in character. I'm like, that is gross. Yes. Like, so it was a case of going. And with this, and this faculty discussion basically boiled down to, this will probably get overturned in two days, but not that will be after the dance, so we can at least deal with that. Well, and speaking of the dance, I almost wish that people had understood that the idea of walking in with someone was that this is not your your soulmate, not someone that you were looking to get down with. This was romantic. just someone that you had a connection with, that was your support structure, yeah, that you wanted to be with in that moment and share this happy, happy time. Which is why I was that so was happy, so, so happy that Janie brought the tree spirit to the dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, so we had a we had an NPC who was playing a tree spirit. She showed up for a couple of modules in the woods. It's really weird, but kind of creepy be- she was awesome and because she kept showing up for plot um, one of our uh, friends in character but also out of character uh, Janie uh, invited her to the dance and so she was like at one point we her name was I loved it it was great at one point like we her name was Long of Limb at one point we formed a circle around her at the dance floor like go Long of Limb go Long of Limb she was like busting around it was awesome sorry you were saying something before you yeah like my my dance partner was the person that I sort of escaped this weird clandestine organization that wanted to end the world. <laughs> and well, like, you, you guys were awesome where you were just like, 
Okay, so it is real. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> there was just this, there was one point during the day, and it was after we ran into through the th- you guys the three first tiers where we were like looking into the faculty room. We had just gone to the headmaster and like there is a conspiracy that is going to destroy the world, and they need we'll these bring objects. Down a floating island. It we'll, wasn't. Uh, oh yeah, bring it down and crack. Well, at we'll, Mach we'll two. See. Yeah. So <laughs> the issue here was, and this was a fun fun thing. The game had a design goal of trying to be more sorcerer, sorcerer stone yeah. and no. the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, that was the, the, the problem here was a combination of telephone uh. and other players starting <laughs> their own rumors and things yeah. amplified it. Yeah. So it wasn't supposed to be the end of the world scope, but the players kept we running drove it that way. Yeah. Well, and it was also <laughs> which, the ley lines. Which led to on Friday night, literally every player in the game watching every possible site where an evil ritual could take place oh, so yeah. that the reason the, the plot didn't go off was because the people who were performing the evil ritual walked up to their place and went, oh, people are there's doing like something. 12 people standing here. We should go. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there were other things with that one that were amazing. Um, there were, I will say this, that plot was, it went way harder because it messed things up for the players who wanted to be Sorry, doing... might have freaked out. You know, oh yeah, well, it, it was a thing about, we wanted, and it was a thing about escalating. Because it's a very tempting thing to be, to want to go for, we saved the world! But you guys saved the world on Friday. Which yeah. means Saturday became, mm-hmm. oh, It was party to, day. It was yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, great. let's do it. And then yeah. when bad things were happening, we're like, I thought we were done with that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, actually, okay. actually, like, it, it was really amazing. And it was masterfully done on the administrative level in that they really involved every single person and different aspects. Everyone walked away feeling like the protagonist of that situation. Exactly. Well, I mean, like, you talk to anyone. At least least a situation. At least a. At least there was a part of the night I mean, and I did complain a little bit to Melee at one point about how we spent part of Friday night wandering back and forth across campus. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But, <laughs> but at least for part of the night, I felt like like when we came across one of the um, uh, house presidents was uh, doing an evil ritual in the woods, and he was using the uh, the oh, Char Tree yeah. Spirit friend as part of the ritual, and yeah. she was getting hurt. And <laughs> I, uh, anyway, I helped the Tree Spirit. That was me feeling like a protagonist in that part of the exactly. story. So, so. Uh, Mallory, who we met last time, at one point during the game, checked out me to simply say, are you feeling like you are in control of your own story? Because that, yeah. to her, was the most important thing yes. of this entire event. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, did you guys feel like you were the hero in your own story? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I felt like Marley was more of, my character's name is Marley. Uh, she felt like more of a supportive character, but she was the hero of her own story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought yeah. something crazy was happening with you because you were always talking to the Chancellor. I'm like, that girl no, he, is doing he, some okay, stuff. Can, right I, now. can I talk about this? Because it was like this really yes, yes, please. So um on uh on day one of classes, um <coughs> a professor one of our professors came up to my character and said, Hey I need someone to deliver something to the Chancellor. Uh, you do it here, here's a note. And it was something, you know, kind of sketchy. Like, legal, but sketchy. And Zombies. Yeah. It involved, it involved zombies. Um, and my character has, Never like, my character was really conflicted. Like, she wound up giving it to the professor, and as he was, she was reading it, I was making sort of these, you know, nervous faces and shuffling from foot to foot. And he says, well, why are you looking sheepish? And I said, oh, well, I don't really want to start anything. And, he's, and he said, he took me aside and said, no, speak your mind. And just this was so important to me out of character because that is something I have had trouble with my entire life and like I'm still oh don't change anything yet like <laughs> I, like I always they're connecting like, thumbs yeah. together because yeah. Dan O.B. created yeah. all Break sorts of silly cute yeah. little 
community. Feeling cute, little, extremely powerful but emotionally. Like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I've been. Therapy whenever I, over there. we kind of were, but like, whenever I think about this, I tear up. And like, every now and then, when he reminded me, speak your mind, I tear up. Because it, I felt so nice just hear someone say, speak your mind. Yeah, yeah. wow. The, cha- the guy who played the chancellor Derek. was Derek. Thank Unbelievable. You. Uh, oh, what he did that I love, oh yeah, we're, yeah we, we should applaud for him in our, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah. 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 we applaud a visual now. medium. Um, but um, he, what he did so well, and I think what's it's so important for the, uh, the organizing of a LARP like this, and you, I saw you guys as professors do this a lot too, was when a student came to him with a problem, he didn't, grab the problem and go solve it, he would say, okay, well, all right, so let's what say Virginia, I, the, the chup- let's say, that, uh, this is a hypothetical, but like, like somebody says to him, okay, there's a chupacabra loose on campus, he would say, okay, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And yeah. who can you bring together to fix the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's so empowering to players. So part of the, the fun thing about being a professor was that dynamic of, okay, our, we pretty much have floating uh, exclamation yes. marks above our head. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. and when players have problems, they would come to us, and the goal would be, okay, we, we don't just say, oh, student, go deal with it yourself. It would be, all right, student, here's an idea for a spell you could use, go at it. Here's Which was so helpful, especially as like a naive first year. I was like, I kept mispronouncing my spells. <laughs> There's no point. I accident. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like at this yeah. point, that, the, the, the spell system, uh, going over it was, you, 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 first off, make sure it's clear to your target what you're trying to do. I might say, for example, to, to Mike, all right, stay in place, suspendio. And then Mike would be frozen because he understood he's, the idea he's and decided. right now, by the way. And decided yeah. that he wanted to be frozen. It'd be make for interesting Hex experience. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and then, so you could say anything, your spells, as long as the person target understood what it meant. Mm-hmm. They gave a good list of spells, and I wrote a bunch too for for the textbook. But the idea here was is that if you were ahead and said "stopo," yes. that would be valid. Everyone would understand what that means. It's silly. Mike's silly. But yes. I think during so, the duel of the dance, someone said "break legio." Yes. yes. Somebody somebody yes. threw "hoppus bunicus" at me one time. Yeah. They, they, they yeah. did yeah. the mechanic right. They were like, "Get ready to hop like a bunny," and then just threw that. It was great. It was fantastic. You were hilarious in the capture the flag thing. That was thank fantastic. you. Capture the flag was amazing. It was so much fun. So yeah. as the I played the one of the two defense and combat instructors uh, equivalent to defense against dark arts. I was gonna say yeah. Um, but uh, I. I had decided to do, we decided together that we'd do a capture flag exercise where we divide the students into two groups, give each of them a flag, and basically have the two, uh, groups of wizards playing capture the flag on campus. And there was creative use involved. There, there was, was a Im- spy. There was, like, yes. the, the, yes. uh, the, uh, Kalaseya, the, the, the Coyote House, the clever ones, were <laughs> the ones who decided the victory there because both teams had really clever spy work and, you know, trickery going on. And it made things really exciting. Uh, but and as a professor, my job was I had to come up with a lesson plan. They did staff didn't tell professors what to teach. They said, "Go at it. We'll tell. We'll give you advice. Come up with an idea that you think is fun that you think you'd want to be doing." Capture the flag. I thought would be fun. And a lot of this was I, we wanted to make classes that the players enjoyed because a. You guys are going to school to play magical wizards. If you're going to school, you should enjoy your classes. Yes. However. The point here is that a class doesn't need to be 
good to have an entertaining yes. experience. A bad teacher, and we had a, See, couple, we had a couple, yeah, <laughs> can still make entertaining scenes no. even if the class is yeah. badly done. The, Niels, the guy who played Professor Wallace, was telling us on the dinner on Thursday night that he um, had done played a professor at College of Wizardry in Poland, and he was a ritual magic professor, and he had decided that his class was going to be boring. So he had to figure out a way to make a boring class entertaining for players, to th- which is such a fascinating conundrum to try and put together. Oh, oh yeah, there were there were a lot of there were a couple of teachers that had that idea, and also the fact was we had to design our lessons knowing a half our students are going to go off on their own little magical adventures or own little personal problems or such, and be skipping classes a lot. Yep. And b we can't guarantee you know know how many people are going to be there or. Or have reactions to things. We had to improvise. What's going to happen? I had to improvise a a class because uh, one of the defense and combat classes, the uh, professors and pre-game planning said, our class is going to get interrupted by a creature. And that way, you know, the students will then deal with that creature the rest of class. They dealt with it pretty quickly. (laughs) So then we were like, well then. And I had to quickly improvise a lesson on make, using runes to, to make runing seals to you know trap people, and it became half the class traps the other in a circle, and they try to break out, and they switch sides. That's awesome. And we see which one did a better what job breaking out. What? What? What year was this? That was that was the second years. Dang it! Second years got cool classes. The first years got cool classes we got too. Cool, though. But we didn't get as many creatures. Um, we had a. Um, a our healing one-on-one with the healing professor. The first yes. class, he uh, was teaching us about uh, shapestone, which is this healing thing, and he taught us this. Uh, it was this soapstone spell. thing, exactly. Yeah, and he was taught, taught, teaching us this spell called energy transferica, which is used to like heal someone with like a minor energy energy mm-hmm. imbalance, and then could also they, be like emotionally. Yeah, and then they timed it perfectly. He and the NPCs, and he he said he'd actually worked with them on the timing. Uh, to when he finished the lesson, immediately a student burst in carrying another student who was hurt who desperately needed healing. Oh. And they laid her down on the thing, and the professor, it was too much for the professor to handle himself, so we all got to get stand in a circle and use the charm we just learned to save someone's and like, life, and it was just like... Oh, also, no. throughout the weekend, we used that spell. All the time. Yes. All the time. That was a yeah. big deal of, of, of the classes was, I want to teach the player spells that they might have fun using in-game yeah. and making sure they got to use I, it. I was actually wondering about that because there was a lot of times where things would happen that I'm like, oh, hey, we just learned about this. Let's do Luckily, this. Luckily, you know? I have this. Yes. I mean, we tried not, sometimes we tried to be a little subtle about sometimes. That healing one wasn't, was one of those cases where yeah. let's make it very clear because there's a level of, we want to be very, you know, blatant about what we're doing in these cases. And sometimes it was just, I'm going to teach you a few spells. Maybe it'll come up because a lot of this game wasn't our planning. A lot, the players in this game had a lot more creative freedom. If you as a player wanted to have a chupacabra main you, you could walk over to logistics, request, mm-hmm. hey, in about six hours, can a chupacabra show up over here and I can be attacked by it so I can have a big dramatic scene of me needing to be healed. Yeah. And this then was, they'll make you up to be injured too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Did. Which was awesome. The makeup was amazing. The, the, that whole, that yeah. whole function of the NPC station was uh, like... It so flies in the face of what you normally expect from LARP because people who like at least in American LARPs, well, and they, they, the idea that people have in their in their brain of like in American LARPs, at least I know, is that like, well, you should be surprised by the story all the time. But the freedom to say like, 
hey, we think a huagog went through the forest. Hugag. Yeah, hugag. hugag. Whatever. I'm not a cryptozoology student anymore. Hugag <laughs> <laughs> uh, went through the forest, um, you know, this morning, and we think it's hurt. We're going to go track it. Can we go by and lunch and do that? And the professors be like, yep, we'll have something waiting for you. You know, So that was really cool. This area, Richmond, Virginia, had a storm the weekend before. Yeah. So oh a tree got knocked down in the forest. It this was, was out of game. Too. Yep. Thing that just happened. Tree. And all of a Went sudden, the students saw it and were like, Oh my gosh! Oh, something Abuka happened. Had yeah. Knocked it down. Yep. So they pulled it in game, and that was. And we really we all were investigating the tree, and somebody was like, "Oh, I found some fur," and someone else was like, "Oh, I found blood." And then um, the coolest part about that starlight actually was so at the house parties the night before to welcome first years and try to get people to join your house. Uh, there was an uh, astromancer from uh, Calisela who was kept coming up to me and telling me different fortunes. And at one point near the end of the night, she walked up to me with a pine cone and was just like, you'll need this tomorrow. Uh, and yes. the, 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 the next, the I defended spirit. the tree spirit by giving her a pine cone to plant a new tree. Holy oh, shit. Like, no player planned that. Nobody planned that. It just worked out amazingly <laughs> well. Magic is real. The, like, I, the, I had a very similar experience with this silly end of the world plot line that I got. <laughs> it was the end of the world. Uh, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> the end of the world. Okay, it was the end of some people's world. Yeah, it was, was going to kill thousands of people according <laughs> yeah, to prophecy. As we know it. I was involved in this like clandestine organization, and I received a prophecy telling me that oh, that organization you're involved with is going to kill thousands of people, and it's your fault. Uh, <laughs> and immediately after that, I went to an ethics class <laughs> where he talked no about uh, hey. Today we're going to tell stories in our lives about times that we lied and it hurt other people because of that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm part of a secret organization and my lie is going to literally kill thousands of people. So I broke down in class and like the professor, you know, like he had set up this room where like, oh yeah, there's no way you can tell a lie in this room. If you do, oh, you can start right. hiccuping. So oh, like, that's why you were like, it was this beautiful thing that was in place sitting there waiting for me. And like, he certainly didn't plan for me to have no. that breakdown in that room. But it happened because he provided that gift. This yeah. is part of yeah. why every weekend at New York Magic Scala is going to be very different. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, week one had a very, very different storyline from, from, from what I've been talking about of people who were involved in it. And, and because a lot of the stuff that happened this week was because of the plot that only happened in this game because of Mike, means <laughs> that weeks three and four will also be very different yeah. in how mm -hmm. things go. Um, yes. That said, I, I think we're, we, I, well, I hope we're not the only week that elects a cactus cat as prom king. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, okay. Ball monarch. Ball uh, monarch, So, yes. someone, one of the players, there was never an announcement that there would be a um, prom king or dance king. No. One of the players put up a sign that said, so-and-so for Several dance kings. Um, and yeah. uh, they, then, fra they framed that player, too. Oh, yeah, yes, that wasn't he, him? That wasn't Hunter he, did he, not he want to be. Did not, oh, did not oh, want to be. Oh, oh, thank goodness. Oh, oh. Okay, because I, I was about to be like, no, 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 I, I met the players who were weird. doing it. It was, you know, it was a prank on this guy because we had a player who had a southern accent. He was a charming guy. No, he was. He was a sweetie. Yes. But, you know, a bit smarmy. So a couple, a couple players <laughs> decided to go ahead and, you know, play a prank on him by plastering the school with signs saying, elect them for, you know, you know, wiz, wiz, you know wizard ball king. What was his thing? Like, uh, I'm a hunter. Uh, I'm a hunter. I'm hunting for your vote. Yes. 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 Something really corny like so that. So because of this, horrible. but, you know, the idea of 
there wasn't supposed to be a wizard prom king because this isn't that yeah. Well, yeah, so we saw this in the like, cryptozoology class, and, and a friend had a cactus cat. He had a, he rescued a cactus cat in the woods at the same time. We like, got, cats, what made and I, we were joking around about like, like stuffed animal in this case, prom. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Um, we were joking around about like what to do. Um, well, I, I can't remember what how it came up, but at some point I just looked at them and said, uh, prick, prick, the game was, cat's name was Prickles, the cactus cat. I looked at them and said, Prickles for Dance King. And that became a chant throughout the entire, like, they, they campaigned so hard to get, with, and we have announcements at every lunch, and there were seven different announcements of Vote Prickles for Dance King. Yeah. <laughs> it was but amazing. Like, so the announcements, he said, okay, Ulrich, uh, Ulrich Hunter would like to be Dance King, and translate, do you want to be Dance King? Uh, we all said, yes! And... Like he said, okay, since there's no other candidate, then we all stopped and said, no, he's not the only candidate! <laughs> Keep reading! <laughs> and, it, and it led and to the our next final six announcements were for Prickles. Yep. Yeah. So the, net, the most beautiful thing about this is all was at the very end of game, as we, we were now, we've announced which one, you know, which house won, we announced all these final things. It was Tano Bam. And then at the very end, you know, our chance to. An empty victory. <laughs> was about to, you know, wrap things up. And then we, forgot the we, last important announcement. We were out of character at this point. Yes! Yeah. We were out of character. Well, and out of character. Well, we were, we were drifting out of character yeah, at this we point. The game had been called. But, and of course, who? what was the last announcement? Prickles. Prickles is a dance monarch. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we changed it to dance monarch because it was better. Yes. So anybody oh, can oh my gosh. And plus so. we didn't have to find a second person queen and all that. Yeah. Well, that was the thing about and this game, though. And cactus cats' genders are fiddly. Well, I mean, yeah. we were very big in this game about people. Everyone in the game had a name tag. Your name tag had your character's name, which is useful because if you've been in the school with people for years, you know their names. Yep. But awesome. we just met yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. it also includes your pronouns. The pronouns you use to refer to yourself <laughs> by. If you refer yourself by he by she, by they, and this was a game that made it clear you refer to the people as the way they want to be referred. You treat each other with respect. There, there was a workshop that essentially deconstructed gender roles. Like we, yeah. It's like, if you're going to refer to somebody and you do not personally know them, you are going to train yourself now and we're going to have practice conversations where you use they instead it, of anything else. It was really funny. Good. It was really funny because, um, uh, you know, it's... Using they as a um, gender pronoun is not something a lot of people have experience with, although it's getting more and more popular. And the group that I was with, we were, we were doing the exercise where you're supposed to describe somebody else's clothes and you only use the word they. <laughs> I went first and just did it perfectly. Everyone was like, I was like, oh no, my, my, my best friend Jairus is genderqueer. Uh, I use it for they, on them, all the time. And also they're the co-host of this podcast, which is why I'm telling this story. Sadly, Jairus couldn't make it here, so yeah. well, maybe next time. In spirit. In spirit. Um, but I think the the fact that everything is player created and you're able to feel like you're the protagonist of your own story is the the construct that we call buy-in yep. that yeah. you immediately yeah. have buy-in because you're like this could be like you know a overarching plot or it could be something that another player has created and wants me to be a part of yeah. so I'm not gonna like deny any sort of storylines that come my way and I'm also gonna be thinking about like different actions that my character can take and like it was just really cool yeah. um, I I almost wish like we had had more time on Saturday yeah. to, mm -hmm. to kind of do some of that because, like, there was some stuff that went down on Friday that I wanted to keep tabs on, but at the same time I was like, 
we should save the world. Yeah. I need to process yeah. in class. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like, part of the thing was this game wasn't designed for save the world, so we're sort yes. of like, okay, we're not really built for this. Let's try to make this happen, which is why Next we know year, th there, there was a big push for us to just be doing a, all right, how can we make this seem less apocalyptic yeah. and calm the players down? Because once you get people so riled up, and, and yes. <laughs> hard to stop. Yeah, yeah it's hard, it's hard, really hard. Yeah. it's hard, it was hard, for example, as a professor, I, I, I was, I ran the dueling club on campus. Two people showed up for dueling because everyone else was running around, were running around doing it, which meant the people who showed up um, and I feel bad for you guys because we had conversations, just sat down and talked. You guys would have loved it if you guys found where it was at for that because yeah. we were just like, okay, everyone else, sure, whatever, end of the world. I know, I know, I know, as a faculty that we've actually that they can't do the ritual anymore because a couple students have forced it already and you know done this and that. The world actually is safe now. So uh, in the meantime, let's go practice and talk. Yeah. But it's hard because. How can you justify going to clubs when, when the world is ending? Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly. Yeah. We had clubs, and they some of them kicked off really cool, like Fellowship of the Hydra. Fellowship of the Hydra was such a cool it sounded, it sounded like it was going to become this whole vigilante thing that was going to stop Sign of the Arrow from being all unsoiled, evil-ish Other group. Club. Yeah. And kind of uh, according, according to a player who was in it, they were not that evil. They tortured a chupacabra. Yes, they, or they were going to beat up a chupacabra. Well, yeah. But <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. But like, Sapiens rights! Yes, Sapiens rights! But then when all this world ending stuff happened, it's like, yeah, no, club meetings aren't happening tonight. We gotta go stop no. the. Yeah, and it, it, made it, it made it difficult because if you were a player and you didn't want to be doing end of the world superhero things and you wanted to be hanging out in, in Magic College, it, not only was it, was it, you know, most of your friends were off doing that, but. People were gonna be were gonna be you shit if you go yeah. ahead and say like no I don't want to save the world I want to go hang out with my friends and talk about homework yeah. and that's, okay. uh, like because of the opt in culture like my first question when I was talking about the end of the world is hey are you doing anything at midnight <laughs> because if you're not you could join us on the stupid save the world thing or you could go to your club yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish more I, I, you know, I wish I, more people handled it like that yeah it's, it, people get but you get carried away by the emotion yeah. the lead was yeah. so strong yeah. of, mm -hmm. oh my god you know a and bunch of like, classist assholes might die and also everybody <laughs> wants the opportunity to raise their wand and run in and fight the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Everybody absolutely wants true. that. It was absolute chaos that night. Oh, like, so we got separated so twice. Somebody threw a time. fireball at you, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, <laughs> and like, okay, so that was actually a really cool moment because like, I, like, me, Hannah was fine, but Marley, the character, was like in hysterics because like my house president was hurt very, very badly. Someone just like threw a fireball at me. I was like just crying, hysterical, going, oh my God, is he okay? Is everything okay? Did he fix it? Is everything okay? And, and I was a shapeshifter, and the you, magic you fight the brown caused me to shift, and so I was like having to deal with all this stuff while being a mountain lion. And that was oh, such awesome. a beautiful, beautiful story to hear from the outside too, because like we, yes. we all knew that Obey was like this super cuddly house, and that Harrison was like this cult of personality figure. Hamilton yeah. He, he, yeah, Hamilton. He, he was. He was so just like, and, and was, we're like, oh my god, he got hurt? Yeah. We know how important he is to everybody yeah. so there. So, a good visual for you, if you want to think about what he looks like, is to think of a human, all this humanized art of Nick Wilde from Zootopia. With Amadeus's hair. Yes, I showed him a picture of Nick Wilde last night at the after party, 
he had never seen Zootopia, but oh, said, he yeah, that's me. That, 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 that's me. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're coming up on the last few minutes of the podcast oh. here. Um, I, I, we could keep telling stories all night, um, but what Literally I do want to do night. before we yes. go is I want to go around the circle and have, um, and we'll talk about our feelings. No, uh, I want to have everybody... Uh, Stop the kumbaya circle. <laughs> no! <laughs> we're out of game. Birdhouse, best house. Birdhouse. Uh, <laughs> I know. Birdhouse. <laughs> um, I want to have everybody table. say one thing they feel like they've learned playing this game. Um, so, who wants to go first? I go. Well, I sort of touched on this before, but speak your mind. Just don't be afraid of pissing someone off. Or, well, I guess be tactful, but don't, just because you're afraid that it won't go over well, don't be afraid to just go for it and try and say what you're feeling. Because yeah. what, do you, what do you got to lose? I will say I learned that in role-playing games, and this is really genuinely not something I've experienced before, you can have a positive relationship with someone who you vehemently disagree with on every possible level. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I had a, um, my, my good friend Danielle was playing a character named, named, nope, I already forgot the name, but she was Abby. a, Abby, Abby. Oh she, my was God, a Abby. she was a oh cryptozoologist arms dealer. And my character was a cryptozoologist rights character, and we were basically best friends, but we hated everything the other person stood for. <laughs> it was really fun. America could definitely get some more of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it, it was kind of more on a personal level. It just being confident. I, I have issues with that just in my real personal life. I have anxiety issues, and stepping into a character who is always confident puts themselves out there it really it felt nice to be able to go and do that and just have this sort of safe space for doing that yeah. and I'm hoping that I can bring that out into my real life I agree so <laughs> one of the big things I learned in this game was about the value of being open up front about things that would other games be deep dark secrets. Yes. Mm. For example, um, my character had another had a secret in their past, a tragedy, which was caused by never one of the other characters in that game caused the tragedy, and in, but by communicating with that other player and saying, "Hey, I believe you're the one who committed the tragedy in my backstory. Let's work on this. Let's talk out how you want this to play out." Yeah. And worked out the idea, the rough idea of okay. We need you to get, you know, to be exposed, you're crying to get exposed, that you could have a cool, like, being confronted, and, you know, possibly maybe a redemption arc. It didn't happen anywhere like we planned, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, this is a game where players' actions happen. But the idea of, we don't have to, you don't have to keep these secrets, even if it's just a secret in character, it doesn't need to be a secret out of character. And often, telling people out of character can make for more interesting roleplay. And it's a different type of style than most American games are based off of, but it can be incredibly productive. Uh, the one thing I learned is you don't have to be the center of everything because um, one of my fellow first years had crutches, and so she had major mobility issues. And so, you know, she, could, she couldn't go running from node to node. So... We actually did like our Scooby Doo thing, oh and like we used it to our advantage of the fact that you know she was. You know what? We've got enough time for you to tell the Scooby Doo story. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think you. Uh, okay, okay. So, the first year Astromancers um, in Divination, 
at our first meditation exercise because all of us are pretty in tune to the astral plane, you know, because um, we passed our Prima Scola exams or whatever. <laughs> um, so we received the vision of Virginia Isle falling. Now, not to be gender specific, but we are all young women who are very in tune to emotions and feelings. And when you feel a thousand people, thousands of people die, you're going to go into hysterics. Um, so that's our bad. Sorry. Um, but basically, our divination professor was like, okay, we need to go see the, the chancellor. Astromancer's with me. Everyone else, get out and let's go. So we trek across campus to uh, the faculty lounge where he like bursts in, gets like some teachers. Um, who happened to have actually been involved in the plot. Oh, just, <laughs> cool. just a few of them. Didn't know at the time. But so we're sitting there and, um, you know, we kind of all talk. And then pr everyone pretty much disperses except three of us because we were hanging out with Imogen, who was on crutches, and Scarlett, who was from Virginia Isle. And like, so I just kind of wanted to like take care of them. And then we were like, hey guys right by the faculty room let's like do some investigation and we we got introduced to a couple you were second year no we were third years we got introduced to a couple third years as like a hey you need to talk to them to corroborate this vision and so we like described and they were like holy shit guys this is real and so we're like oh my god and then this woman comes in holding a box looking like a, a bootlegger sort of thing. Like she's like, she's like, I'm waiting for Professor Cantwell. Oh, that every, every single word she said was delicious. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. I mean, she just oozed. Like, that NPC was fantastic. Like, oh, she was. She was. And, and we're just kind of all like, you guys when do you think it is? That's cute. Okay, awesome. So there's some like time rifts going on. So we're already like kind of talking about that. She goes, she's invited into the faculty lounge, and then something happens that we don't see. She comes out in tears, and uh, Cantwell's like, hey, students, go escort her, I'll give you house points or whatever. So they kind of leave, but again, Imogen's on crutches, so we kind of stay. You guys had a scene outside mm -hmm. where you mentioned why don't you take it from there? Oh, my, so wait, wait, but is this, this is outside the office or? Outside the office where like. Where, 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 yeah, I, I brought in just that we, we had this, like the prophecy, the same prophecy that they had was delivered to me in a note. And I, we knew that two members of the faculty were part of this conspiracy that was going to end the world and that other students had been indoctrinated. There was nobody we could trust. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were like freaking out. And so, you know, she was really upset. So we were like, oh my God, the faculty attacked her. And like, they're the ones creating the ritual. And they, yeah, they were standing around these incredibly evil magic objects, all because holding the hands, the posing. Room, the faculty room had a giant picture window. Oh, that Everyone was so Giant, beautiful. giant picture. So, so. He's making the best face. Yeah. So we, they, they were outside and they had like crouched down. And my friend Imogen on the crutches were like, guys, what are you doing? They're like, act natural and she was like 
like this. Ugh. She starts doing like a ministry of funny walks. <laughs> and then... And staring into the faculty room, the into, like into, making eye contact the whole time. And so we kind of like go across and then you guys left. And then the three of us were like, let's go back. So, so we had clearly walked past and then we came back and then we would just hung out in front and then we were like okay so we need to get into the faculty room we were promised house points let's go get our house points <laughs> so we go up we knock on the door and of course it's open really rushed like uh we're busy you need to go yeah and we were like i'm sorry we we did the thing you asked and we really need house points you know initiation is tonight and and we would like that and she's like fine let me get a notebook She's like, what are your names? And we gave her our actual names. <laughs> and then later, we were walking away. Like, literally, we got about halfway. We were like, oh, no, if they're evil, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, we literally were like, oh, no. So we were like, we have to figure out what they're doing. So she loudly crutches through the echoey hall and we go to the door and open and like allow it to shut and then she quiet crutched <laughs> back around and we're like peeking around the corner of the building like, like one head look. on top of another <laughs> yeah. style. and if you looked in the reflection of the windows that you would clearly see coming out of the faculty lounge you would have seen us just standing <laughs> so, there okay I have to do the mirror side of this story because yes, this is amazing I the woman you were escorting in Miss Sultry mm -hmm. had been mind controlled and was a plant who brought evil magical things yeah. that were designed to murder us all yeah it was like a rods right yeah, like so the more importantly thing here though so we basically we get in there and we like okay this is obviously you know evil things in here we her crying was because we've broken the mind control and she remembers all the horrible things that you know the evil villain had done to her oh god, oh my god. so it was entirely like we've been we're all here trying to save this things you know like we we know and Unfortunately, we also had like had to do with the oh god, we, a couple of us died. We got better, but uh, there was a massive like we got stuck with okay, disposing of these horribly dangerous like evil things that emanate death when you get near them, which took up the entire faculty, which was which we was pretty much meant students you're on your own for a while because yeah, the faculty's yeah. busy with something so big that we're we're stuck here. But it meant that you know we're just sort of like we got it. We guys, we guys, we gotta help to, you know fix this problem that you know all the, all the students are dealing with. We can't. We got this big thing here. We were trapped there. It was amazing role play. But yeah, the issue there was she was crying because the bad guy did stuff for her that we fixed. <laughs> what was so funny though is like right before that, the chancellor was like, "Okay, the ritual to bring down the aisle is going to take immense magic and a lot of willpower," and so we were like. Who has more willpower than full-blown wizards? Oh my god, yeah. the faculty! It was I wish you'd perfect. spread that around so oh that we could all let an assault on the faculty lounge because that would have been hilarious. It was the oh perfect god. bit of intrigue. Yeah. It, it was it amazing because really like I we were feeling like there. so hunted before that, and then we like had the little beat of relief of the faculty, and then as soon as we looked in that window, we were like Everyone's in on it. <laughs> We're oh, dead. Oh, We're God. dead. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's continue to learn things around the yeah. circle. Yeah. Ah, sorry. No, well, that's fine. So it was my first LARP. And I have learned Ooh. that LARP is amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you so much for playing. I. Yeah. Continue. Um. Well, yeah. It was just really cool because like Hannah and I were roommates in game and. Um, 
we talked beforehand over Facebook and made that character connection because we were from the same province beforehand. We figured our character were like best friends. Yes. Uh, so we ended up being best friends. And, and then, then coincidentally, roommates. Yes. Yeah. We didn't even request that. No, we just, just ended just up being happened. roommates. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then we met in person and in game, out of game, totally clicking and being friends anyways. And then Dorian, um, Andrew. Andrew was my also first year artificer, so we were in the same major. Andrew same and I are dating in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then um, Aaron and I wound up in House Dubois together. Yes. And then Both our fourth choices. And then he went to the dance of the pod. Yes, all, all three, three of us. us. Yes, it was great. It's just we created this whole connection together yeah. that just felt so like, natural. Like it yeah. was written. Yes. It's yeah. like yeah. someone it wrote amazing. it. Yeah. Right. yeah. James, your turn is now. I think my turn, my my lesson is definitely related to the way the mechanics are structured. Uh, folks who know me from my other podcasts know that I spend a lot of time analyzing different systems, and most of those are tabletop systems. Uh, but this Magiscola had such a clearly stated goal of reviewing, uh, reviewing social justice politics. Uh, through this uh, power fantasy narrative that, that you get from uh, Harry Potter, and it framed it, you know, through consent and care, and that like that loose open system had just those two edicts that shaped everything, and it, it was really amazing. It was one of the most elegant and messy things yeah. that I've ever played <laughs> through, and I can't it. wait to see more and see how it gets adapted. I, I think we're slow, and this is a giant discussion topic, so we shouldn't dive onto it, into it, but I feel like, um, I think there's, we're slowly learning over the last, you know, couple of years that role play actually works better the more simple your system is. Next podcast. Yeah, next podcast. Just going off that, considering how deep of an experience we all had. If you look at our character sheets, they are literally parag a paragraph. Yeah. They um, fit on like um, one more page. Um, it's like a page. Yeah. It depends on the pair of characters. Um, well, teachers. No, not some teachers. Some teachers have very short ones. Some players had like an essay worth. Oh, yeah. it, it varied a while, but however, these your character sheets were, here's some, what were you like as a kid? What you know? What were yeah. what your goals? And they there weren't any rules questions for you to answer about your character. And I love that it was about like they gave you a basic background, but then they gave you questions to think about. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant! I don't even think I got to any of those questions. They also this. gave you, and this is the one thing I did. It was a, a character coach, someone whose job it was that if you had trouble, you had a question, if you're new to LARP and didn't know what to do, you could contact your coach and say, hey, coach. I don't know how to play this character, or uh, what's this vampire thing they're telling me about? I don't want to read the whole rules document about this. Yeah. Or what do I need to bring the game? And people like myself, all art veterans, would go ahead and answer questions. And in fact, I have a bunch of emails to answer when we get back. <laughs> uh, but. But at the same time, though, it was very much designed to be, if you've never LARPed before, New World Magic School would be a fantastic game, and they're doing it again in 2017. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But, no, she went first. Oh, oh you went first. Yes. Right. All right. So, uh, folks, that is the end of our podcast. Um, but first, before we go, we should just go around, and if anybody has anything they want to plug, I know you two do. Uh, well, <laughs> but, but before we do that, well, no, we usually I do this. am one. Oh. Oh, yeah. Or no, we, we are one. one. We, we are Magi. Are magi. Which is specific to this session. It's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. player came up with that. That's awesome. Oh, actually, everything, all the house chants, all the things. All the house chants that came up with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, That's okay. Why I so, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, Tumblr, website, anything? Uh, or you can just say your name and go. Uh, any, any. Hannah Mora. 
Be the change. Break the change. Change, change the world. world. <laughs> Birdhouse Best House. Birdhouse Best House. Uh, I'm James D'Amato. You can find my work at OneShotPodcast.com. We're going to be doing a video series that is an in and out of character video diary, uh, just about my experience here. So if you're interested in dipping your toe into the LARP world, you can join me as I did it for my first time. I'm Erin Pierce, and we are just... Always just. just. You are are loud. Always loud. But we're united. United in volume. Um, I am mailing, um, and... Best house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, it's the end of our show. Some of you know how this goes already. Hello, everybody. Leads of Geeks Podcast. Peter, if they want to email us, how do they do that? Actually, I don't hear your email address anymore because that song is annoying. A C E O F G E E K S P O D C A S T I N G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at Gmail. Com. We miss uh, Jarus. <laughs> we do. <laughs> you can find us at net. Uh, we're... Ah! Um, Someone set off the fiddle spider. Uh, sorry, right, folks. A fake a spider good, in the wall just took down us. All right, so we're, we're, we're at aceofgeeks.net, uh, where we have a weekly... We have uh, two other weekly podcasts, uh, RPOK, uh, which is a uh, tabletop and video game storytelling podcast, and Geekly Roundup, where we cover all the news that we don't uh, get to on the main site. And uh, we have a YouTube channel and a Twitch channel, and just go there because all of our cool stuff is there. Thank you guys very much. Our theme song is by Kessel Run, who you can find at kesselrun.ninja. Yes, that is a real website. Yes, they have it. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.